So happy Sunday. Happy Easter Sunday. Okay. All right, so this morning what we're going to be doing is we are going to be finishing our series on prayer this morning. And then I'll tell you guys at the very end what we're going to be doing next week up until camp. So it should be good. And as a side note, I made some excellent coffee this morning. So... That would be gross. That would be gross if it was like oil. Of course it's straight black. If it was oil, it would be like liquid. But it's not. See? It's liquid. We're good. We're good. (laughs) I'm telling you, in order for you to complete discipleship, you got to convert. Same with you. (laughs) You're not godly unless you drink coffee. I'm surprised you didn't know that. All right, take your Bibles, open up to 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5. All right, just to kind of uh, kick things off this morning, um, we spent the last three weeks or so talking about prayer. Uh, What have been some of the things that have really kind of hit home with you and have really helped you with your prayer life? And especially for for those of you that maybe you weren't able to come on uh, a Sunday, but you were able to get the messages from the podcast, I want to get your guys' thoughts as well. Um, but what were some of the things that we've talked about so far that have just kind of really convicted you, caused you to think differently about prayer, caused some actual change in your life? Let's talk about that for a moment. Yes. How you were talking about like the whole marriage thing and how like we're technically married to Christ because we're the church and how like we don't spend time with him like we're never with him yeah. and stuff because that really hit me. Yeah, it is. It is. Because even like when you communicate with people, I mean, there's many different ways to communicate with people. What are some ways do you communicate with people on a daily basis? Okay, you can talk to them face to face. What else? Text messages. Phone call. Email. Email. FaceTime. FaceTime, a little FT. Letter, yes. Horse courier. <laughs> Smoke signals. So tell me, tell me which one is the most personal? Face to face every single time. And do you realize that that's how God wants you to talk with him? Because how did Moses talk with God? Face to face, as a man does with his friend. And there's something about face-to-face communication that's so important. And so a lot of us, is your prayer life more like uh, a text message with God? Or is it more like, hey, I don't have any service? I mean, it could be, (laughs) I try to pray, but it just doesn't go anywhere. Okay, so how is your communication with God? What is it like? Is it actually an intimate face-to-face conversation with God? Because it should be. It really should be. So that's a good point. What else? What else did you guys learn over the past few weeks? Timmy. Yeah, that's good. And what's the word? Importunity. Importunity. It's a word we don't use that often anymore, but it's very, very important. And Uh, can you ever annoy God? No, No, you will never annoy God, ever, ever. So it's very, very important. Yeah, Jordan. Uh, You sound like Kermit for a second there. What's that? Uh, You kind of sound like Kermit when you were speaking. Yeah, sometimes I do stupid voices with my voice, sounds with my voice, so... It, it entertains me. So, yeah, I like it. Okay, good. All right. <clears throat> so, importunity. Praying with importunity. Very important. Anything else from the past few weeks? Haley? You hesitated. Praying with intensity. Yes. 
Absolutely. Praying with intensity. That's very important. Um, one of the big examples that I think we've talked about, and I think we read from some of the thoughts about prayer, that really touched me back when I read this book that I pulled it from. And, um, <clears throat> and it was the fact that like when Jesus did miracles, when he you know, rose Lazarus from the dead, when he took you know, mud and he took a guy who had never seen before or he lost his sight and he gave it back to him again or he healed somebody of something they could never be healed of and like all these things, like you never see him even breaking a sweat when he did that, like ever, ever. Like he just did it, like boom, I'm God, boom, I did it. Like that's fascinating to me. But then when it comes to how he prayed to God in the garden, how he sweat and he was in agony. Outside of being on the cross, there's no other time in scripture where you see Jesus being in agony. So if Jesus prayed with intensity like that, then we should too. Because we actually care about what we're praying for. It's very important. And it will change the way you see almost everything around you. So it's very, very important. What else we got? Yep. Yes. Because if you really never pray, then you really don't believe in God. If you believe in God and what the Bible says about God, you will pray to him all the time. Because God can do pretty much anything. I mean, anything. I mean, he's not only the one that can move mountains, he created them. And so you should be praying to him when it comes to whatever's going on in your life. You should. And there's nothing too small when it comes to prayer. There's nothing too small. Like you might think, ah, this is not that big of a deal. No, 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 no. God is, he cares very deeply. When it comes to my kids and they want to come and talk to me, it may be something that is, is maybe inconsequential to me, but it's very important to them and I want to hear them. I want to hear them. So that is a great segue into our first point here. So we're going to be talking about this fourth point, fellowship of prayer, that God desires to hear your prayer. God desires to hear your prayer. He wants to hear you pray. This is so important because he loves you and he cares about you. First Peter chapter 5. Someone read verse 7. Sam. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Okay. Do you believe that? We've heard this verse, I think, a lot of times in our church, as with many different verses in the Bible. But it says, look at it again, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. There are many things that you care about that when it comes to God's heart, it's, I mean, he doesn't worry about it at all, right? And I think those are the things we might think, I'm bothering God, or why should I pray about this? Or No, if you care about it, that's what it says, if you care about it, then take that and cast it at his feet. Because he cares about it. If you care about it, he cares about it. This is how it works in my life with my wife and my kids. If there's something that is worrying them or bothering them or, or anything like that, and I may not be worried about it at all, when I hear their heart about it, it moves me to think differently about that circumstance. Well, maybe I should be concerned about it. Well, what can I do to help them? Because I care and I love them. So it's the same way it is with God. It's the exact same way with God. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Do you actually believe that God cares for you? Because maybe that's the other reason why you won't talk to him. Because you actually don't believe that God cares. He does. God is not a liar. And it says right there, he careth for you. And he tells you to cast all of your care upon him because he cares for you. So maybe part of the reason why we struggle is that we don't really believe that God actually cares for us. But he does. He does. 
And if you don't think so, then you're believing a lie because that is what the Bible says. And you have to choose to believe the Bible despite your feelings. That's what we have to do every day. I have to do that every day. There are some days I don't want to believe the Bible. There are some days I struggle in my emotions and my circumstances, and I have to choose to believe the Bible. And every single time, it's never steered me wrong, ever. All right, let's take a look at some Psalms. So everyone go to Psalm 3. Psalm 3. Psalm chapter 3. All right, Psalm 3 in verse 4. We'll back it up just one verse. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. See, God cares about you. He tells you, 1 Peter 5, 7, to cast all your care upon him. And here you see how he did this in the life of David. David cried with his voice out loud and he heard me he heard me and it's the same with you it's the same with you go over to chapter five chapter five in verse two my voice shalt thou hear in the morning O lord in the morning will i direct my prayer unto thee and i will look up You know, it's a great habit to get into, to spend time with God in the morning. Now, I understand because, you know, my life is sometimes difficult for me to get up in the morning like I would like to and spend time with God. But at the very least, if I don't have enough time to carve out, sit down and to get into a quiet place and spend time with God, I have to, I have to at least discipline myself to spend some quality time in prayer with God in the morning. I have to. If I do not, my perspective on the day is going to be completely off, completely off. Because if I do that, then it starts to change my perspective and I start thinking the way that God thinks if I spend time with him in the morning. Very important. Go over to chapter 65. Chapter 65. Chapter 65, verse 2. Oh, thou that hearest prayer... That's God. He hears your prayer. Unto thee shall all flesh come. And that's obviously at some point in the future, talking about the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. But practically, anyone who is living and breathing today has the ability to go to God in prayer, and he will hear them. And he will hear them. Very important. And then we looked at this verse last week, but let's look at it again. Psalm 116. Psalm 116. This is a verse that's on my verse memorization app that I use and I need to remember verses like this. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. God desires you to hear your prayer. And so you need to remember that. You need to remember that. You need to picture God as someone who is, yes, he's on his throne up in heaven, but that he, every day, that he is just waiting. Like, I just picture God getting up off his throne and bending his ear in humility towards us and just waiting to hear your prayer. Like, he's waiting for you to talk to him. He's waiting. And how many of us just stand up God because we never talk to him? He's waiting for you, but you just never show up. It's so important. God, the God of the universe who created everything, he wants to hear from you. That's incredible. 
That is absolutely incredible. Just take a moment and think about that, that God wants to talk to you and he wants you to talk to him. I mean, study the other religions that exist out there. Where does that exist in Hinduism? Where does that exist in Islam? Where does that exist in the Roman Catholic Church? Think about that for a second. In the Roman Catholic Church, who do they talk to? Priests. And they talk to Mary. Hmm. You have the ability to go to God yourself. That's amazing. That is amazing. And it's something that we do take for granted. Thanks for praying that to me this morning. We do take stuff like that for granted. All right. The second point here. The Holy Ghost is interceding for you. Go to Romans 8. Romans 8. So when we pray, the Holy Ghost is interceding for you. So when you pray, you actually have a more intimate fellowship with the Godhead. And we're going to be talking about that with the Holy Spirit and Jesus himself. And then how you're in fellowship with the entire Trinity when you pray. And then we're going to close everything out with uh, spending some time in prayer together. All right, Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. All right, this is a verse that is completely maligned by charismatics. They take advantage of this and make it say something that it doesn't even say. Pastor Tom mentioned this last uh, Sunday. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So if you're born again, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, because that's what what the Bible says. When you're born again, the Spirit of God literally moves into your body. And there are many times, many circumstances, where I just don't know exactly what to pray to God. And so when I pray, the Spirit of God is praying on my behalf all the time. But it says right here, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, which is true because we're not God. And so anything that we think is going to be just flawed. It's going to be just marred by our sinful nature. We're very selfish in our prayers. If you've ever thought about that, just think back the last time you prayed, how much of it was about you? So we're very selfish and we tend to be and we have to discipline ourselves to pray for others and to pray for the things that God desires for us to pray for because we tend to pray very selfishly. So here it says that the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. So while we're praying and even times where you don't pray, frankly, the Spirit is praying because you should, right? (laughs) And so he's praying for you and he's praying for you according to the will of God, according to what it says in verse 27. And he's praying with groanings which cannot be uttered. So there's a communication, there's a fellowship tie between the Spirit of God and God the Father that the Spirit is praying on your behalf for you, whether you like it or not, which is why sometimes when we don't want to pray for patience, but sometimes God does something in your life to cause you to be patient, that's why that happens. You may not be willing to pray for it, but the Spirit is. The Spirit is totally willing to pray for that because he wants the will of God in your life. And that's why Christians who are wayward, they're not walking in God's will, They're not doing what God wants them to do. This is why they go through the things that they go through, the discipline that they go through, and why they're so stinking miserable. Some of the most miserable people on the earth save people that are just acting like they're lost. is because the Spirit of God is inside of you praying for you to be restored, even if it means that you have to go through discipline. That's why this happens, because he's praying for you, and God is answering those prayers. And so if that's not happening, if you're living however you want, and there's no discipline going on in your life, it's because maybe you're not safe. You don't have the Spirit praying for you on your behalf. So it's something interesting to think about. Look at verse 15. Verse 15. So I'm going to read verse 15 of chapter 8. 
Verse 15. Go ahead. No. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Okay. This phrase, Abba, Father, is found in three places in the Bible. Once here, once in Mark, and once in Galatians. Now, in Galatians and in Romans, it's always tied with this whole concept of adoption. Now, you guys know what adoption is. Anybody adopted in here, by the way? All right, but you guys know about adoption. I mean, you, you especially know about adoption, so your sister. So if you've never heard about adoption before, you don't really know how the process works, it is amazing. It is absolutely amazing because that person may know that they're adopted and there can be some struggles there with their identity and if they're actually a part of the family or not. But what's actually really interesting is from a legal perspective, it's as if they've always been a part of the family. Like they get a brand new birth certificate brand new birth certificate the old one is gone they're issued a new one brand new as if they've always been in that family i love that so when you're born again your old birth certificate that pretty much damned you to hell is now gone it's shredded it's annihilated it can never come back and you've been given a brand new birth certificate that gives you the right to be in god's family and in his presence for all eternity that is astounding And so here, it says the spirit of adoption, which is the Holy Spirit, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, the only other person in Scripture that said, Abba, Father, was who? Jesus? Jesus Christos? Yes, Jesus. In Mark 14.36. Jesus, what do you think about his level of intimacy with God was? Like, if you could rate Jesus' intimacy with God, what would you rate it? What? 11 out of 10. 11 out of 10? A superb, excellente. I mean, huge, massive. I mean, there's no one else that's closer to Jesus than God the Father, right? Outside of who? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And that spirit of God has been given to you. So you have the ability. Listen to this. This is, this is massive. You have the ability to be as intimate with God the Father as Jesus Christ himself. Like, does that, like, fire anyone up at all? That's, that is huge. That is huge. Like, if, you, if that doesn't get you at least just a, an inkling of excitement... Are you dead inside? I mean, this is huge. Jesus was so intimate with the Father, and now you have the ability to be that close with God the Father. How many of us tap into that on a daily basis? Laodiceans? I mean, this could change everything in your life. Everything. I mean, I I feel like I know there's a, okay, I know there's a lot of opposition going on right now in this room, in your life. I know there is. I just, I know there is. And I know that there are certain things I need to keep praying for for you guys, whether you respond to them or not. And I will promise you that I will do that. And I'm going to keep doing it. But the things that we've gone through over the past, like, six weeks, it should have revolutionized your walk with God. 
I mean, completely revolutionize your walk with God. Like, you should not be the same person today that you were six weeks ago because of the things you've heard from here on Sunday and Wednesday. And the sad part is, is that most of you are still in the same place. Things like this radically transform your life, but it's contingent upon one thing. And what is it? What is it? Holy love. Okay. Yeah, which means you believe it. If you believe it, you'll do it. Do you believe that you can have the same intimacy with God the Father as Jesus Christ? Do you believe that? You gotta believe. You should, because that's exactly what the Bible says. And that should change everything. I'm telling you, if you just grab a hold of this, man, look out. Look out of the things that God can do in your life. The people that you can reach. The things that you, I mean, I, the, it's the limitless potential. Limitless potential. The only limitations that we put on it is us. That's it. Please think about these things. Please. Please. All right, so the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. Go over to Romans 8, look at verse 34 in the same chapter. Talking about Christ where it says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. So there Jesus is praying for you. So you got the Spirit of God inside of you if you're born again, and he's praying for you. You have Jesus on the right hand of the Father, and he is praying for you. My goodness, everybody's for you. I think sometimes the only people that are against us is ourselves. <laughs> like everybody, everybody's in your corner. When was the last time you thought as a Christian, man, I could never do that. Man, I can never get over this sin. I can never talk to that person. I can, this is so hard, but I, I can, I can never do, I know I need to do what's right, but I could never, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> what are you kidding? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. The Holy Spirit of God is in your corner. Jesus Christ, who died for you, is in your corner. God the Father is in your corner. Who else do you need? What other kind of support do you need to get over yourself and actually do what's right? No one. You have everything that you need. You have everything. We squander it so much. So Jesus is interceding and praying for you. And when you pray, you are in fellowship with God. You're in fellowship with God. We already did uh, verse 15. Let's go over to Galatians 4. Galatians 4. This is the other one. That would be funny if the book of Glacier was in our Bible. Probably pretty cold. Okay, Galatians 4. Look at verse 6. Someone read 6. Go ahead, Carson. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. I love that. I love that. And then look at verse 7. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. You're not a servant. You're part of the family. You're a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I love that. I love that. Go to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. Just one book over. Ephesians 2. Someone read verse 18. Go ahead, Connor. 
Okay, so through him, we both have access by one spirit into the Father. See, the spirit of God is your access to him. You know the story about Esther and how Esther was going to possibly almost commit suicide? I mean, it would be like suicide to walk into the king without being announced. Okay, that's Esther. That's Old Testament. You? Mm -mm. That's not how it is with you. At any point in time, like picture the double doors here. God's throwing something. At any time, you're like, hey, God, what's up? I mean, at any point in time, you have the ability to go into God's presence without any repercussions. Do you realize that in the Old Testament, and it was very clear in Exodus, I think it's like Exodus 33 or it's Exodus 30, 33. I can't remember which one it is. Um, Now I'm like third guessing myself, not second guessing, but third guessing. Anyway, but it says that whoever lays eyes on God, what's going to happen to them? They be dead. They die. Like, they die. Because when you behold holiness, you are a dead man. That's why you see people in the scriptures that when they saw Jesus, they fell at his feet as if they were dead. You have the ability to step into God's presence without any repercussions. That's amazing. Anybody else? They would die. But you, being a child of God, have the ability to walk in and to be accepted immediately. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Go over to chapter 6. Chapter 6 and verse 18. All right, and someone read that one. Who we got? Get another reader. Go ahead, Timmy. Okay, this is a great verse on prayer, but I love it. Let's just look at it one more time. Praying always, so you should always be praying, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, which means according to the will of God, because that's how he prays for us, according to Romans chapter 8, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Okay, so when you pray, you're supposed to be praying, watching thereunto with all perseverance. What does that give you a sense of? Watching with perseverance. What would you correlate that to? Staring at a window waiting for a UPS truck for a package that you desperately want. Okay, that's good. <laughs> what else? Yeah. Think of a soldier on like night watch. Mm-hmm. If you, like let's say the zombie apocalypse occurred in our area, because everybody wants to make movies and TV shows out of that now, and you had to stand guard <coughs> for your family or else they would die, how well do you think that you would stand guard with perseverance? And watch. Like, if you fell asleep, your whole family would be dead. Why don't we pray like that? We should. That's exactly what it says. Do you see prayer is so critical that if you fall asleep on your duty to pray, someone could die? That's intense. That's, that's I mean, that's serious. Because it actually could be that way. You ever thought about that? I mean, someone who's lost that you just don't pray for. What if you prayed for them and God answered your prayer and brought someone into their life to give them the gospel? And what if you didn't pray for that and that would never happen? I mean, just think about that for a second. How guilty would you feel knowing that, you know what, if, if I would have prayed, like, I don't know how it's going to be in eternity future at the judgment seat of Christ, but there are some things that I think that God may show us what our life could have been like if we would have been obedient. 
I don't know if it's going to be that way, but what if? What if God did that? What if God showed you the entirety of your life and what it would have been like if you would have been obedient? Live that way. Live that way now. Why, why be in a situation where you know that you are going to be full of heartache and disappointment and loss, like it says at the Judgment Seat of Christ, when you know you could be doing those things now? Just want to get you guys to think a little bit, because this is pretty serious stuff. This is very important. And I think there's a lot of things that we're just frankly not doing because we're lazy and we care more about ourselves than others. Because that is the tendency of Laodiceans. And after all that Christ has done for us and all he gave for us, it is very, very small for us to give our lives in return. It's very, very small. So when you pray, you're in fellowship with the Godhead. I love that. I love that. So what we're going to do in the last about five minutes or so is that we are going to pray together. Um, And I want you guys to pray with the people around you. Um, I want you to move some chairs around and I want you guys to get get comfortable with that. Um, And so go ahead and move your chairs real quick to the people behind you, kind of getting groups of like four or so like that. So go ahead and move it, and then I want to say a couple things before we pray. So go ahead and move. So first row, turn around to the second row. Third row, turn around to the fourth row. And then fifth row, just kind of group up. Once you move, get a little settled. All right, so we've got several things that we should be praying for automatically. Um, You know, everyone has the end of the school year that's coming up. For those of you that are seniors, this is going to be the last opportunity you have to reach some of the people that are in your class, maybe ever. Uh, So you need to think about that. Uh, We've got summer camp that's coming up. You guys have the ability to reach at least one person and invite them to camp. Um, and, I mean, I would get a list of at least five because you know that there's going to be some that aren't going to be able to. So always have a backup to a backup. Um, so be praying for the person that you want to invite to camp. If you don't have someone, think about that and then pray for it or pray for the opportunity to invite someone to camp. Um, we got the Mexico trip that's coming up. So even if you're not going to Mexico, we still want you to pray for us, by the way. So that's going to be very important. So we got that to be praying for. Uh, we have our vision for the years at church to be ready to go. After this year, we're going to be sending out our own missionaries. We're going to be starting our own churches. I don't know if some of you guys are going to be part of the families that go to be part of that church. You need to think about that. You need to pray about that. Um, You've got Josephine Blake, who's going through her cancer treatments. Um, We've got, you know, you guys just, your grandpa just died unexpectedly. You should be praying for the Salinas family and for the Crosman family. Um, For Jack, his grandpa just died on Saturday. Be praying for his family. Um, We've got... Uh, Dan and Jeannie Arsenal, Jeannie just had cancer removed from her body and she's going to be having treatments done depending on what the doctors say. We've got Ilda Wong who has a brain tumor who is probably could likely take her life. I mean, we have so many things to be praying for. It's ridiculous for us not to pray. There's so many things to be praying for. So share one or two things. Is there something that you want to share with one another when it comes to prayer? You guys have maybe uh, about four minutes to pray. So I'm going to let you guys pray together, and then I'm going to interrupt you guys, and then we'll pray together one final thing, and I'll tell you guys what we're going to be doing next Sunday up up until camp. Go ahead and share a little bit, and then pray together. Okay.